0: This is The John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton.
1: Give us a call at 866-979-ESPN, 206 espn Let's go to Jacqueline in the center. Hey, Jacqueline.
2: Hey, John. I have real iffy cell, but I will do my best here. Okay. Uh, I am having great difficulty locating the schools with a professor podcast. Oh we, uh, it didn't uh, show it, up in my podcast. Yeah it,
1: it did not show up this week. Uh, we had we had an issue uh, because we, we were going to tape uh, Scott McLuhan on Thursday, uh, the former general manager of the 49ers and the Washington football team. and uh, what ended up happening was that uh, you know DJ Wilder uh, was on the morning show. And they had all kind of problems, and so basically, we were going to tape at 9.30, but then, uh, you know, they lost Brian No, uh, and so the, Mara Dooley and DJ had to do all the broadcasting for the morning show.
2: Huh. Well, I, I couldn't get it even before that glitch, but—so the reason I'm calling is, yeah. could you— uh, do you have time to discuss the rule changes? That's the podcast I especially was looking for,
3: and I just am having trouble well, yeah, finding well, it. Well, it if,
1: you, if you go back and uh, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe if Matt Nelson can chime in here, but if you go back a couple weeks ago, you know, we we did do a, a very in depth look at the rule changes because we had yeah, uh,
2: that's the one I want to hear.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it should it should be there because again, it's like. Uh, we we did a you know we went to uh, Mike Pereira and Mike did a great job of explaining everything. Debating the good, the yeah, bad, the ugly. So
2: you don't want to talk about it now.
1: <laughs> What's that? Well, I mean the, the big. So the, can you discuss any of it? Well, I mean uh, the, the the big thing is is that they're continuing to <clears throat> improve the safety issues. So you know more of the uh, blocking type of issues. Where you know you're not going to be you know caught outside the pocket and all the different things you know getting getting a block that uh, on a defensive player that could end up getting him hurt healthy Uh, certainly the taunting rule is very controversial because with the taunting rule you know they want to try to eliminate any kind of problems with that and so uh, you know you'll get a penalty if you start to taunt and so I think that that there might be an overreaction to that. you know, other than the, you know, there weren't a lot of major changes as far as the rule changes. There really wasn't, but, uh, okay. but still, I mean, you know, you're, 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 they, the one thing that they are doing is that, uh, you know, now the replay official who's in the stadium has more of a voice to talk to the uh, official, the referee and help make some judgments on some calls. New York's still going to be involved in some of the replay calls, so that's going to be there. So, yeah, it's just, <clears throat> you know, just more kind of tweaks than anything else. But <clears throat> the controversial one probably is the taunting one. Hmm.
2: Okay. Well, um, does that do, do the rule changes that occurred have anything to do with the Brady comments about, uh, you know, on the quarterback and being in the pocket and being aware of the left side, I just didn't get that whole interview. Yeah, yeah.
1: <clears throat> I, don't, I think that uh, <clears throat> not specifically, but uh, you know, Tom. It's it's funny because <clears throat> when he was in New England, you, you didn't hear these kind of comments. I think that the uh, you know, because Bill Belichick probably wouldn't want that. But now you're hearing him uh, having opinions on just about everything, and so it's like <clears throat> it's, it's kind of amazing, isn't it?
2: They released the Kraken.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Jacqueline, thank you for the phone call. All espn two zero six four two one 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Victor in Auburn. Hey, Victor. Hey, John, another great show. Ah, thank you.
2: Hey, uh, a couple quick ones on the Broncos. Say uh, Denver starts off 3-0, and 4-0, whatever, and but Bridgewater is playing very subpar. Do you think that they would uh, make the move to lock to to maybe? I mean, I know they already have a three three wins in the bank, but
1: they could. Yeah, I mean because I don't. I'm not writing Locke off yet, but uh, if there's going to be some struggle. But obviously, you can see from the way Fangio has handled his preseason and the way he's handled everything else, he wants to get that three and and0 start because I mean taking on three winnable games. And so he doesn't it, want to be 0 and 7 like he has been the last couple of years in September.
2: Yeah, yeah, another 0, 0 for, it, and that'll be a real loss, yeah. especially against these three. Uh, yeah, because I mean, it's it's,
1: it's it's giant, Giants, a six-win team, and then you've got the Jets and Jaguars who combined for three wins. That's nine and 39. Yeah,
2: yeah, and then I know all three of their offensive lines aren't that great, and that's where Denver's strength is supposed to be. Yeah. And then another question, if. Uh, last year Gordon finished pretty strong. I believe it was uh, last four or five games is over 5 yards yeah. carry. Do you think even if he has that same type of production that the the split will be around 15, 18 carries for Gordon and maybe uh,
1: 10 plays for Williams? That sounds about right. Yeah, because yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a one-two punch without any question because you know DeVonte Williams looks great. I mean you can see he's the running back of the future and could challenge Gordon even to be the present running back. But I think that you know Gordon, you know, he what he, he missed a game or so, just finished a little bit over under a thousand yards, and you know, you're right about the five yard carry, so I think it's a it's a good one two punch. I mean so and, and and they're deep enough at running back that they let Royce Freeman go this week.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can see them using Gordon uh and just keep giving him the ball over and over again and save Williams. For that type of workload for next year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a quick question on the what you brought up just with the last caller about the replays. Yeah. I know sometimes watching the game, the, and they'll be a, in the away stadium, they always mention, oh, well, the Way stadium's not playing in the replay, so the coaches don't have a chance to look at it to throw the flag. The coaches don't have any the, – the, the teams don't have any type of monitors that they're watching constantly, or it's only the TV feed they get?
1: Yeah. It's- it's a tv feed i mean the coaches get the tv feed and all that stuff so it's not like there's a specific thing that's going to be there but uh yeah you only get the tv feed if you're going to be in the coach's box or anything of that nature naturally you're not going to be getting it on the field because you're on the field but uh it's the tv field and uh that's what that's all all you get so
2: so by by some reason or the other the the home team to yeah. tell the the people, hey, any close plays, don't play the replay until after it's it's done to get an advantage.
1: Well, I mean, <clears throat> I mean as far as in the stadium, yeah, it's the uh, uh, you know the home team does control that. But as far as just the regular replay stuff, it's just going to be on the uh, you know it's on the TV monitor. Like you know, if you have. Like the uh, replay officials and that always going to see is the TV replay, but yeah, you know, there's a little bit more control that the home team has if they you know want to try to emphasize what they think is a bad call or a good call or whatever.
2: All right, well, both take John. I think uh, Denver's going to take uh, Kansas City for the AFC West Championship. Wow, take care, John, have a good weekend.
1: Okay, thank you. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN. Two zero six four two one ESPN. Let's go to Jeff in Federal Way. Hey, Jeff.
4: Hi, Mr. Clayton. Happy Saturday. Happy Labor Day weekend.
1: Well, thank you. Same
4: to Boy, you. Boy, we're, we're one week away from firing this up and getting it going.
1: I know. Isn't that great?
4: Oh, I can't wait. I'm so tired of all the drama and stuff that was in the preseason. I yeah. got sick and tired of this. Now, anyway, uh, one thing I wanted to say is K.J. Wright, I understand uh, money, age, speed. I don't know how you put a price on him in the locker room, though. No, that's what yeah. concerns me just a little bit.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, <clears throat> the control that KJ and Bobby Wagner had in the locker room <clears throat> was exceptional. I mean, they kept yeah. everybody uh, in in a good line, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, particularly at linebacker. I mean, right. <clears throat> because of those two, that's why, I mean, you didn't see any positive tests or any kind of problems with COVID-19 because they were going to no, make good sure. good point. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's 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 a loss, but again, it's like unfortunately, uh, you can't keep everybody in. Yeah. You know. And, and I so. think
4: they need to get younger and faster yeah. in that spot a little bit. And you know, uh, you know, I wish them all the luck in the world. And I think a lot of players love to play for Gus Bradley. Yeah. You know. And uh, I think that was a perfect fit for him. And uh, I wish them all the luck in the world. And then the next thing I want to say is the offense. During the preseason, it feels like we've been, they've been hiding behind the curtain. I can't wait to see them unleash it uh, next Sunday.
1: Yeah, and you saw a little bit of the offense uh, last week in the game against the Chargers because they did open it up a little bit and start yeah. showing some of the outside zone runs and some of the blocking schemes and all that stuff. So <clears throat> you saw a little bit of it, but now next week you're going to see all of it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, one other thing, Um, so during uh, college football season, are you still going to be on from 8 to 11 the whole year? Yes. Awesome. Okay, and then uh, my Super Bowl prediction, a little early, Buffalo-Seattle. And Buffalo still doesn't win a Super Bowl. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Interesting. You have a great weekend. Thank you, Mr. Clayton.
1: Okay, Jeff, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN, John Clayton Show, 710-ESPN-Seattle.
0: This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com.
1: Dave Grosby uh, joining us at the bottom of the hour, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Max in Seattle. Hey, Max. Hey,
2: how's it going today, Professor? Good. How are you? I'm good. I had a question about some NFL uh, trade trends. It seems like the last few years we've seen a trend that we've kind of had in Major League Baseball where, you know, teams at the deadline are going to sell players that are unrestricted. It seems like NFL's kind of seen that happen, and, you know, Seahawks got Carlos Dunlap that way last year. Um, do you think that trend is going to continue where teams out of the playoffs will continue to, you know, sell at the deadline? Or do you think a longer season means more fringe teams stay in it, and therefore it's going to reverse that trend?
1: No, I think it's, it's going to continue like it has been. <clears throat> if you're pretty well out of it you want draft choices and even more so this year <clears throat> because the uh i mean this was not a good draft right i mean you know with the uh, pandemic and everything else I- i've already counted up there was only like about maybe a little over 23 guys who were uh, undrafted guys on 53 man rosters and then to make matters worse is that uh i think there's now like 30 33 guys on the that were drafted this year that either got cut or were waived injured or uh, didn't make the uh, active roster. All right. But next year, uh, you know, because of this, you know, everybody is coming back, you know, have the super seniors and the super seniors are the guys that in 2021 went back for a second senior year. I mean, it's going to be a monster draft. That's why you see so many teams, you know, making trades to get 6th round picks uh, in 2022, or getting some picks next year, so I think that trend is going to continue.
2: Got it. Thank you. Uh, and then, quick question: Do you? Um, I was surprised to see uh, David Moore cut by the Panther. Did, did that surprise you? What do you think his NFL future looks like?
1: Well, I think is he? I, I, I think he ended up going to the Raider practice squad, if I'm not mistaken. So a little, little surprising. But uh, you know, like anything else, is that uh, you know they've been trying to upgrade the receiver position in the last couple of years and get a little bit younger and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, so I think I, I could be wrong, but I think David ended up going to the Raiders and the practice squad. All right,
2: thanks, Professor. Appreciate your time.
1: All right, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Bob in Seattle. Hey, Bob. Hey, what's
0: up, buddy? How's it going? A big fan, always have been. Hey, um, first of all, I was going to ask about the cornerbacks, but yeah. – before I do that, you gotta settle a score for me and a buddy of mine. We argue about this all the time. Do you remember what year was it that you wore that flare that shirt for the ESPN commercial?
1: Well, I can't even remember the year. It's like
0: uh Oh come on.
1: I can, it's like We it, couldn't either. Yeah, I can c I, I can't remember the year. I mean it's like uh Yeah. Well
0: yeah, let's we've let's, been fighting over that forever. Yeah. That's
1: new, that's I don't I don't I don't have the answer for I you because uh, I don't know if it was uh, 216 or 215 or something like that.
0: No, oh, I thought it was later than that myself, but yeah. oh well. Yeah, no, I just thought I'd try since I had you on the horn. I appreciate yeah. it. Hey, my question was about the cornerbacks. They're, you know, I mean, I, I think we're going to have a great rush. I think our linebackers are solid, but, you know, the cornerbacks are just so easy. Are we gonna pick up anybody else, or are we going
1: with what we got? I know. I think that I them. mean they'll, they'll still look, but I think they're gonna go with what they got. Because remember, it's like uh, you know they did pick up Sidney Jones, and I mean you know, yeah. so it's like they yeah, they uh, and, and again they still if they need to, they have Demarius Randall on the practice squad. They can get him on the active roster, they have to decide what they want to do at slot cornerback. Is it going to be Ugo Amadi? Is it going to be Marquise Blair? Is it going to be Sidney Jones? So it's like uh, I think there's enough options right now that uh, they're, they're probably yeah. not going to be looking big to, go, to do anything.
2: Yeah, unless they have to make some
0: adjustments, and I'm sure they will because mm-hmm. the injuries always happen. Hey, one more just to piggyback off that last guy. Cause yeah. David Moore, do you think, you think him getting cut had anything – I mean, maybe maybe uh, Russ just made him look better. You know what I mean? When he was here, I mean, do, do, do you think that, that Russell Wilson actually makes these receivers better? Yes, and then they go to somewhere else and they just don't
1: aren't as good. Yeah, I, mean, I think he does make them look better. and There's no question about it because he knows how to get them the ball. He knows how to have them, you know, be in a position to maybe you know get yards after the catch and all those different things. But no, he does make receivers better. I mean, you can watch, particularly the young receivers, and how they get better, you know, working with Russ.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they're they're stoked to do it. I'm sure. Okay, well, hey, thanks for your time. I appreciate it, and keep up the good work. All
1: right, thank you. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. Give us a call here and uh, certainly, you know, we're getting so close to the season now, you know, it's going to start on Thursday and, uh, you know, then, you know, big game for the Seattle as they go to Indianapolis, try to see if they can get off to a good start. Uh, Colts right now think they're going to have Carson Wentz back, but they have problems at the left tackle position because, you know, they will not have Eric Fisher. They will not have uh, Sam Tevi. They are both uh, not going to be there for the opener. T.J. Uh, TJ Hilton is out for at least till mid season or so. So they've got some major issues. And so they could be a beatable team. And of course, they also have the tough start that they have because the tough start is there in the sense that uh, they've got five games against teams that are 500 or better. So we'll see how that goes. So uh, we can also take your text questions uh, at 710 710 on the Mac and Jack's text line You know, will Dwayne Brown play this year from the 702? Yeah, of course he's going to play. He's not going to miss paychecks. I mean, they need to see if they can get some kind of a contract done with him. But uh, I can't see him sitting out and not getting paid. From the 206, Professor, what do you expect to see from the rest of the Mariner season? They have been so up and down. It's tough to get the solid feeling about them. I mean, I think they'll... Still be in the playoff race by the last week, but they're probably going to fall a couple games short uh, for the wild card. But I think you can see that the pitching has been much better than anybody anticipated. They just got to get better hitting, as we talked to Gary Hill about. From the 4-2-5, now it's behind up. uh, What do you think of the shorter preseason? Uh, I I think that uh, three games is better than four. Two games is better than two. Because, again, you can see that the preseason games were just brutal this year. I mean, the fact that, uh, you know, like even in the last week, 591 players weren't even playing in the preseason games. And all you see is young guys and no quarterbacks and it's no starting quarterbacks. That's good. So we'll see where that goes. From the 425, what's your biggest area of concern with the Seahawks right now? I think you'd have to say, you know, the cornerback position, uh, you know, maybe to a certain degree defensive tackle because they only have three defensive tackles, four if you want to include uh, LJ Collier. But, you know, I think overall still it's like you look at the whole division and there's corner, cornerback issues. I mean, you know, certainly you got cornerback problems down in Arizona. you got cornerback issues right now in San Francisco. And, the you know, the Rams lost a couple cornerbacks. So it's like uh, that's just a division right now. But I think that in the end, it's like Seattle should be okay with their secondary and certainly be okay with their pass rush. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. And, of course, uh, uh, we'll come back and get to our weekly dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby, John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.
0: This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com.
1: It's time for our weekly Dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby. And, Dave, I'm with college football right now, I know it's great that the season's starting. I know it's great that the Huskies and Cougars open up their seasons today. But I am just baffled about the big picture and where this is all heading because now we find out yesterday that uh, the Pac-12 is most likely going to expand four teams. And they're going to add uh, Brigham Young, which, of course, that's understandable. But uh, University of Central Florida... Houston, and Cincinnati? How is that the, supposed to work?
3: I thought that was the Big 12. That's the Pac-12 that's doing that?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, the, it's, uh, it's the Pac-12. Uh, I think
3: the story I've seen is it's the Big 12 that's doing that Oh, it's the Big oh, 12. The Big 12. Okay, yeah. okay. that so makes a little more sense, Okay, though now still that not makes a whole sense. lot of sense. Yeah, because,
1: I mean, I mean I, I, I'm i just mystified right now where college football is heading because, yeah. I mean, uh, I know they got the, the Pac-12 alliance with the other two uh, conferences, the ACC. No,
3: no, it's it's it's
1: confusing. I, I'm I'm struggling with it just to kind of figure out where this is all heading because again, it's like, uh, you know, it, every every day there's something that's uh, you know so so different and something that uh, is you know kind of hard to follow and you just don't know where it's going to end up. I mean, we're we're seeing more change in college football uh, in the process. I think we've ever had. I mean, you've now got the players getting sponsorships. You've got the uh, situations right now where you've got the alliances. I mean, you've got the expansion of the SEC with Oklahoma, you know, moving over. And it's like, man, it's just like you shake Oklahoma and Texas. It's like, you just shake your head and say, where's this all going to end and how it's all going to come together. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the big picture on all this. So it's like, uh, hope, Okay, so Dave, can you, I, I just I, I'm just completely lost right now. Yeah, as far as where college football is going.
3: No, I know it's. Uh, I, was, I was unfortunately you weren't hearing me, but I was saying that um, you know you got a day where uh, everyone's back. The Huskies are playing, like you pointed out. Yeah. The Cougars are playing. You got top ten teams playing. You got Alabama playing, Miami. You know everything seems like it's normal. In college football yet uh you know also with what you said you know lane kiffin tested positive for COVID today Mm -hmm. so um you know you're having those stories pop up and then uh again where the future is going to lie it's you know i know from a college football standpoint they would love for this not to be a story and love for just the play on the field to be the story but i'm with you i mean it's just it's hard to, to get around the fact that um that things really seem in flux in a lot of
1: ways yeah, it really does. I mean, and you know, even you look at the uh, if it is the Big Twelve is you know getting the expansion, it's like how it's all around uh, you know Cincinnati. It's like how's that? How's that fit in Houston? I can see Houston, but uh, you know, Central Florida.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's mystifying. It's it's like like we've been talking about uh, you know the, the, what college football is going to look like is um, changing, it seems like, almost on a weekly basis. And, and mm-hmm. it's going to change on a yearly basis here for the next couple of years. So we just got to wait and see. Uh, in the meantime, they will they will try and play games like, like everything's fine. And look, I mean, there, there's something to be said for the traditions of everything. I mean, just seeing folks kind of uh, get ready to go down to the Husky game early and tailgate and things like that, all the good things about college football are on display today, but um, all the bad things are seemingly on display the rest of the week.
1: No doubt. It's like, and then – you know, you've got the uh, situation where it's like, okay, you got the players getting the sponsorships and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, some getting one player like an Alabama quarterback getting over a a seven-figure type of deals. I mean, it's like, wow. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. And I mean, that's that's really restricted because of what we've been going through and everything like that. It's hard to believe that You've seen that maximize yet, and and you're going to see more things like that. And then, as we've talked about, you know, there are other players who are influencers on TikTok and things like that that aren't in major sports. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a long haul story, John. Uh, to use a terrible phrase of the day, that, that's a story that that we'll find out in, in in the in the years to come how it's going to necessarily shake down. Uh, they'll definitely stick with the solids, like an Alabama quarterback, for example. I mean. I talked about Alabama playing Miami today and Miami's ranked 14th and Alabama is like a 20 point favorite just to show how, mm-hmm. how far and away, uh, they are from every other team in football. Um, and you know, the SEC, as we've talked about, it, is the behemoth and, and uh, the players there are beloved. And, uh, that's where I think you'll see from a football standpoint, it is it, happening more, more than in other places, but you know, business is down in general. So we'll see this, this kind of flow out through the next couple of years and see what kind of an influence it has.
1: Yeah, no question about it. So it's like, uh, where where, where do they stand on the 12-team playoff?
3: I don't know, John. I mean, I'm not sure. Uh, You know, I think that it's it's inevitable. I mean, they're gonna are guys gonna try and keep that going. I mean, it it may we may see the you know the the power power conferences uh, as we've talked about a power 64 separating the two different 32-team conferences and and just play each other and have their own playoff and and uh, i mean it's uh, for me to tell you that i've got any idea what's going on in college football would be a lie yeah, and, yeah. And for anyone to say that they know what's going on in college football would also be a lie i mean they may go to the 12 team playoff and it might become moot so um it's just it's just like i said it's uh for everyone who's going to the games it's fun to try and block it out and and just watch what's going on on the field but there's a lot of stuff going on off the field that, that makes it makes it
1: tough. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, what do you think so far about the, the, the start of the college football season and how it's going?
3: Um, you know, I don't know about you, John, but for me last year seemed like a net loss, you know. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really pay a lot of attention. It was, it was so weird, the games that were played and the games that weren't played. Uh, I think, you know, the Pac-12, we'll talk about them. You know, they're not they're necessarily tough opponents, but, uh, you know, they, they came through a nice first week. Um, so, uh, or excuse me, the first four games that were played in the conference, uh came through fairly well. This is obviously the first full week, so you know we'll see we'll see what plays out, and um, uh, I I think you know again you know it just uh, you know the, the teams that are supposed to be good, uh, it, it looks the same. I mean, top three teams in the country, John. If I ask you this question this year, last year, the year before, the year before, the year before preseason, are Oklahoma, Alabama, and Clemson. I mean, that's something that that hasn't changed. So um, it's, uh, I'm curious to see if, I've noticed some of the crowds, especially Virginia Tech game, that it felt like business as usual in a a good way. And I'm curious to see if it looks that way at Husky Stadium tonight and and with the Cougars as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. On the baseball side of things, I mean, the Marriott's continue their one run stories. And it's like, it's remarkable to see how, you know, it's like, you know, they'll have the, Hitting is inconsistent. They had a five-one lead. I mean, you know, Tyler Anderson was sensational last night. Goes into the seventh inning, we're giving up only one run. Next thing you know, uh, Sean Doolittle comes in and it's five-five.
3: Yeah, but the Mariners have got, got that um, that confidence now. It's 135 or so games in, and and they've got the confidence that they're they're never out of it. I mean, we called it refuse to lose here in the past, and and it's just uh, it's just a it's a thing that you you can't quantify. But the Mariners have it, you know, and and this is they can fall behind any team and they can come back against any team, and and uh, it was a great win as it turns out yesterday. You know, you can, you can, you know, always if they're not perfect, you can you can look at what was wrong, but you know to me what was right was you know you you, you have the lead, you blow it, and then you come back and you win the ball game, and that's. Yeah. All that matters at the end of the day, and you've got a team that's got that confidence, that unshakable confidence that they can do that, and that that is why they remain a factor here going down the stretch.
1: No doubt, and of course, Gerald Kelnick uh, came in, played big time yesterday, two-run home run, and he got the single in the 10th inning that won the game.
3: Yeah, it would sure be nice to see him put together a good month, especially with the news that that, it doesn't look like Kyle Lewis is going to come back. Two for five was a good day, three RBIs was a good day, and he's still hitting well below 200, but if he can have a good month of September, I mean, that would that would be something that would boost the Mariners, and it was a big week for them in general. They they finally signed the uh, De DePoto and Scott Service to contract extensions as well, so uh, it was a good week for the Mariners.
1: No doubt about it. It's like I mean, it, it's funny because, I mean, there was that panic, and, of course, even people crit, uh, saying uh, they probably need to go a different direction and all that stuff. How do you go a different direction with the two guys doing such a great job? Because DePoto has put together you know the best farm system, He's been able to pick up some, you know, good young players. And then Scott Service has been masterful with his managing.
3: Yeah, I mean I think I think the, the, the true win loss pressure from from the Mariner's standpoint is obviously going to be on next year. Yeah. I mean that that's gonna be what when everyone is expecting them to take a step forward and with the young players but with some free agents as well, it'll be they'll be interested in knowing, they'll be curious to see what direction they go in free agency. Um, you know, shortstop was something they might have been thinking about. I think I don't think they are anymore. I think they're all right in the outfield. Um, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting if they go pitching wise, if that's, that's what they go for. But, um, you know, though I think people will want to see a free agent signing kind of the front office showing, in other words, that yes, we do believe that this team is ready to win and we are behind them. That that having been said, they are very much still in it this September. I mean, this team is the way they're playing and the way the matchups go the rest of the way, they, they have an opportunity to still. Postseason uh, team, which is just hard to believe.
1: Eleven games over 500 right now, and uh, you know they were able to get two out of three against Houston down in Houston, and so now you got Houston coming into town and all that stuff. but It's like, uh, yeah, it's been kind of masterful. Oh no, they're heading to Houston on Monday uh, right. for a couple games, but it's like, man, they uh, they have surprised I think everybody with the fact that uh, they they got so many. Uh, 1111 runs, and of course, I know as we're talking to Gary Hill about this. I mean, how about 21 uh, walks with the bases loaded?
3: Yeah, that they've I been mean, able to get runs. Uh, yeah, they, they, it's unbelievable. I mean, the, the the fact that they've been had a deficit in scoring runs, I think, all year. I don't mm-hmm. think that's changed all year. And you know, the Pythagorean, which is based on your runs scored and runs allowed. It has them as an under five hundred team, and yet they aren't, and and uh, they they are playing, you know, you can say, uh, you know, beyond their potential and beyond the statistics. They just have that uncanny sense of of um, of being able to win ball games that that you see some teams have. And and look, uh, I know that there's still a lot of work to do, and and you know, it's still a very unlikely scenario. But uh, for this team to get hot would not surprise me at all. I just, and, and I know they're not hot yet, but but to, to knock off a seven or eight game winning streak. Would not surprise me at all the way that they played.
1: It is kind of amazing, though, that uh, even, you know, I know they had trouble with Kansas City, but Kansas City, as you said last week, they were getting better and better as the season went on. You know, Arizona's not a good team whatsoever, and uh, yet, you know, they have a close game with them.
3: (laughs) They do, and and, uh, that's to be expected. I mean, as we pointed out with baseball, you know, your record doesn't matter. It's how you're playing that at that, that moment, and, and how your pitcher is that day is, is what matters. And every team is, is is equal in that in that sense. So it's just a matter of, of uh, you know not, not. I tell you, they've had a lot of a lot of excuses this year, a lot of reasons where they could have could have given up hope, and they just have not done it. And it's just been a it's been a fun ride
1: to watch. Yeah, no question about it. So we'll see if we, how it continues in this Arizona series. They've got Marco Gonzalez who's back uh, pitching well, mm-hmm. which is real important, and so he'll be going tonight.
3: Yeah, Marco has been a different guy the second half of the season, which is to say that he's been the same guy that he had been up until the first half of this year. Uh, you know, here in the second half, he's looking every inch like the ace that, that the Mariners need. He's pitching into the seventh and eighth inning, which is obviously even more important this time of the year. So let's hope we haven't jinxed him now and he can do it against the ice
1: Yeah, there you go. What did you think of the Akello-Witherspoon trade to Pittsburgh yesterday?
3: <laughs> you know, that's, uh, it didn't work out too well for the Seahawks, did it? Uh
1: No. No, paid
3: a couple million dollars. He doesn't even play for them. Um, You know, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, uh, like I'm sure everyone else is, as to what that that, that position group is going to look like. You know, shaking out beyond the starters and and uh, what other moves. It feels like. I mean, they've they kind of you know put some cap space together to to make some moves. I don't know if it's just to, to re-sign their guys, but you know, I would expect that uh, that we'll see some action from them this week. But that was obviously a curious move, and, and I think it, it makes it pretty clear that. So that's that's the one position group that I think you've got the biggest question mark uh, in yeah. front of going into this year.
1: And they you know, they did pick up Sidney Jones, uh, the former UW right. cornerback. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of work him in.
3: Yeah, they. Well, I mean, what do they do? Pick up four cornerbacks since, since the offseason has begun.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting interesting situation, and and we'll see if you know this can be a team where. The defensive line, you know, helps out the secondary, you know, to, to a great extent. But it seems like that that's a real its a real potential weakness going into the start of the season for the
1: Seahawks. Yeah, but uh, you know, at least they keep addressing it, trying to see what they can yeah. tweak and do better. I mean, you know, DJ Reed was a great acquisition last year yeah. at the mistake of San Francisco. And uh now it looks like you know, they were able to at least get some draft choice compensation for Witherspoon.
3: Right, and and you know, I mean all all the on injuries too I mean mm-hmm. two three injuries can, can just wreck a situation there so um you know it's uh, I think you, you definitely uh, have a belief in in the, the brain trust that has put this team together for the last 10 years and and um, it's going to be an interesting interesting year because I I'm, I don't know how you feel about it and there are, there's one other division that that's that's challenging them for it, but I think the, the NFC West is just unbelievably good this
1: year oh just no unbelievably good no really really sensational it's like <clears throat> best division yeah because you got for potential playoff teams. So what's on the Gras agenda this weekend?
3: Just going to immerse myself in college football, John, and, and hopefully boot the Mariners home to a couple of weekend wins.
1: There you go. That sounds good. And that's our weekly dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby. Dave, have yourself a good Labor Day weekend. Thanks, John. You too, buddy. Okay. 866-979-ESPN 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.
0: This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com.
1: Our thanks to Matt Nelson for producing the show and running the show. We've got to be quick here because of Nick Rolovich, uh, coaches show with the Washington State uh, co- coaches show is coming up at the top of the hour. Let's go to Jeff in Kent. Hey, Jeff.
5: Hey, John. Well, first off, go Cougs. There you go. Really, really like this team with McIntosh and Borky. Oh, it's going to be tough because. You put those guys in the backfield at the same time. You split them mm-hmm. and who your hand off to left or right. You do straight dive plays and let the offensive line just these uh, the other team off the line. And watch McIntosh and you just tear it up. And once the defense starts biting, start coming up, that's when the quarterback can throw it deep over the top. So I'm really looking forward to this year. Defense may not be that great. If it is great, if it's not, we're just going to have to outscore people just like all the yeah, teams had in the past. Yeah, just the yeah, way it is. To that.
1: Hey, Jeff, got got a run here. Thank you for the phone call and Nick coming up at the top of the hour. Let's go to Cole in Pullman. Hey, Cole.
3: Hey, uh, you're mentioning that the 49ers have problems with their defensive backfield. Um, they were fourth in passing yards allowed last year. Uh, they got all their starters back. Uh, Sherman's gone, but he only he only They don't have all their starters year. back. Who's who's not back?
1: Well, Sherman's not there.
3: That's what I just said. He yeah. only played five games last year. they got oh. Mosley and Verrett are back. We got Tart, Ward, and yeah. uh, Kaylon Williams. They're all back. They're, uh, they're all back. They're all healthy, ready for week one. They were fourth in pass defense. Where's their problems?
1: <sighs> Did they win last year?
3: Well, that's not what we're talking about. Okay, but. You said they had problems in their defensive <sighs> backfield.
1: Cole, you're killing me. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Commando Dave.
5: Hang in there, John Clayton. No. Not to mention Slayer video came out in 2012. Man, it's great to be back on the John Clayton show on 710 Cairo on the first Saturday of the month of football. As Earth, Wind, and Fire once asked, do you remember the 21st night of September? No, but Husky fans will remember the fourth afternoon when the Jimmy Lake era of Husky football gets rebooted and the Washington Huskies... Run out of the tunnel at Husky Stadium to open the 2021 season with Husky fans in attendance for the first time since closing the 2019 season when they made cider out of the WSU Cougars in the Apple Cup. Shout out to Husky alum, Matt the MC Nelson, for getting me on the air so I can bring it to the show. And the only downer about the dogs opener, John Clayton, it's the Montana Grizzlies and yeah. not the Michigan Wolverines, a mm-hmm. season opener I couldn't wait to see last year before it got COVID canceled. Notre Dame at Florida State, BYU at Arizona, Georgia at Clemson, Alabama at Miami, Oregon State at Purdue. Those are season openers fans can look forward to. Uh, And and those are the types of teams that the Husky fan I want to see the dogs open with. In fact, not just the Huskies, but everyone. You mentioned in the last uh, segment, John Clayton, we're in a new era of college football with NIL, realignment, and TV contracts that resemble moon orbits. Major college teams need to start playing three non-conference major college teams. ESPN should be paying Montana to not come out here and get pounded into the turf of Alaska Airlines Field. The last time the Grizzlies were here, four years ago, they went back to Montana toothless after a 63-7 punch in the mouth. With that type of Grizzly abuse, UW, AB, Jim Cohen is going to start getting called from PETA. And even after going out to the big house next week, to play the Michigan Wolverines the following week. They play Arkansas State, and as a previous caller mentioned, Mrs. Clayton might have interest in seeing the Red Wolves playing the Huskies. No, because she, she
1: went to Arkansas. She didn't go to Arkansas State. She went to Arkansas.
5: Yeah, I'm just going up. I know. I'm just saying you're making my point. I'm-
1: I've got to run. We've got the the Nick Rolovich show coming up next. John Clayton shows 710 ESPN Seattle.